Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. All right, here, here we, we go. Did. We are recording already. Here we here we oh, are. Okay. <laughs> We're I'm um, two glasses of wine in, and by Ooh. two glasses I mean half a bottle. So. People must think that all we do is drink on these things. That's true. We do. No, it's not. We ran the Santa Monica stairs today. Yep. I did. I th- I think I did five times. You did eight. I did eight times. I usually cap it at twenty. I try at twenty five minutes. See how many rounds I can get Dang, in. Dang, it's so hard. We went for a long walk. We went for a really long walk. Did the Santa Monica stairs. We got to record. We're living our best life. We are. So I wanted to bring up, well, we both wanted to bring up. So we did our inner, we did our talk on uh, the recap on brunch with besties. And we had, you know, what's so cool. We had so many good DMS from people that were like, I will volunteer and help you if you do this in Minneapolis or if you do this in wherever, you know, whatever city. I think because we said that we had a really hard time asking for help. Yeah. And I loved it. I was like, thank you. I will totally take you up on it. And I'm going, yes, I will take you up on the people who are asking for help. But it was so kind. And then we had an amazing woman um, who was like, I would love to donate some money. And should we name her? Yeah. Her name is. I mean, can we? We should, right? She didn't want to be named, so we won't oh, give her last know. name. What? She just didn't want her last. Well, oh, she okay. said she didn't want to have any attention drawn to her, but we won't say her last name. But um, Misty, a f- longtime follower of both of ours, she's been following you since the Emmy days and me since the Sweaty Betty's days. She was like, I just have been really blessed and I want to bless you guys. And uh, she sent us a good chunk of money to help with the tour. And I was like, that was amazing. I was so touched. It was really, really cool. It was. It was really cool. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for just like the outpouring of support. And a lot of you guys, I think, can relate to not feeling comfortable asking for help. And what does that entail? And, and, you know, we, we consider ourselves strong women. And it's interesting. I was doing a podcast interview yesterday on someone else's podcast And she said, you know, why do we find it so hard to ask for help? And I thought it was, I thought, you know, it's really interesting because I think we do identify as strong women and Mm -hmm. we're like, well, I should be able to handle it myself or I don't want to inconvenience people or I don't want to, you know, and then the discussion became, what's the worst that can happen if you ask someone for help? Mm -hmm. And then we're like, well, I don't trust them to tell me the truth Mm -hmm. about if they want to help or not. Mm -hmm. And we kind of came to the conclusion yesterday that like, let them lie then. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like really like let them lie like and be fault. resentful and do whatever they're going to do. And like really just take them at their word. I think that's one of the hardest things is taking people at their word. Yep. But it's the only, in my experience, the only kind of ease, like way of ease to live, like inner, to maintain yeah. your inner peace is just take what people say at face value. Well, it was funny when Misty messaged and she said, I want to give you guys some money my first response was like, no, of course not. We don't need it. It's okay. And then I was like thinking, going, okay, Danny, just how we talked about, we wanted help and accept help and just be grateful. And so I had to stop myself for a minute and then responded with like, first I was like, are you serious? Because that just doesn't happen. People just don't tend to want to give you money for no reason and and not have any expectations. But then I said, if you're serious, like, thank you. Here's the ways you can pay us. Here's our PayPal account or here's what we can do. And it was just, 
it was hard to be in that like place. Cause of, you're like, well, where do you live? Maybe we'll do one there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, she had no expectation. She's like, don't say my name. Don't like, I don't expect anything. I just want to help you. And I had to just take her at her word. Like we both had to take her at her word. And it was like, just a test. And I was going, okay, this is a chance. This is an opportunity for us to receive and say thank you and not have any expectations. And it kind of like, it even goes back to some of like the dating stuff, right? I think mm-hmm. about going out to dinner with somebody and then you're like, am I supposed to like put out on this day? Cause they paid for dinner. It's yep. like, no, how about you just accept somebody's gift because they want to help you and they want to give you a gift. And so it was a good test. I think for us too, to just say like, we really thank you. And I was just, I was beyond grateful, but my initial reaction, I didn't respond. I waited, but my initial thought was like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't have to do that. Like, of course she didn't have to. She wanted to. And I was just like, this is really, really cool. And you know, this is a good like, and so thank you, Misty. That was extremely generous. And for everyone who reached out to said that they would be willing to help if we end up coming to their town, that's really, it means a lot to us. And we don't take that lightly, but that's a kind of a nice seg into what we want to talk about today. Which is the concept of, I actually like, I hate this word. Like it's just so fucking like (laughs) everyone is saying this all the time, but it is a great concept and I want to break it down. The concept of authenticity and you know, it's a good seg because taking someone at their word is assuming Mm -hmm. that they are operating in their authentic in their integrity, right? Like we're assuming that they are saying what they mean. So authenticity to me is just about closing the gap between how you really feel and how you think you should feel. Yeah. It's like, okay, maybe society dictates that in an instance like that, we're supposed to, someone gives you a compliment and you go, no, 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 no. Because we assume either they're doing it to be nice, which is also an assumption, or we assume that it sounds makes us sound cocky or, uh, you know, it makes us sound like selfish or self-centered or conceited if we agree with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when everyone is operating from an authentic place of being and I'm going to give you a compliment, please assume it's actually insulting to me if you don't think I'm serious when I give you a compliment. Yeah. Like if I say to you like, oh my God, I just love your outfit and you assume that I'm doing that and I don't really, I mean, that's an insult to me because I'm like, no, like, please yeah. like, just take what I said at face value because yep. it's the truth. And I think as women, especially because this is a generalization, but we do like to overanalyze. Yeah. And I think sometimes we'll make assumptions and we'll go, well, like that. Po- and I think we're always operating from a place of insecurity, right? Like they couldn't possibly actually like my outfit. So I think authenticity really is about having the self-awareness to close the the gap between what you maybe think society thinks that you should be doing or culturally you think you should be doing and what you actually want to be doing. And, you know, one of the things that I love about you is like you are, you are very open and honest and like the things that you say I can tell are just straight, you you know, you share exactly how you feel. And I think that's a practice. So I think authenticity is a practice and allowing, (laughs) I've heard you say, some like hilarious things to people before. And I'm like, damn, what's this person going to say to this? And you just let it sit there. And I think there's so much power in that practice, right? So the practice is sharing my authentic truth, whatever that is, whether it's funny, whether it's pithy, whether it's ridiculous, whether it's obscene, whether it, you know, can be perceived as taboo and then allowing the other person to just see you fully right? Authenticity is a service. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Like I'm laughing because I'm like, you mean embarrassing things that I've said, but you just wait for them to go, okay, was she serious? Is she serious? (laughs) (laughs) I like it because in contrast, I look like the sane one. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Even oh, though yeah. I'm the bad influence. Well, we were kind of, the reason we wanted to talk about this was going back to our last episode of what happened with Lewis Howes and how he, I think one of the big issues is not necessarily the affairs because we've talked about this. We're like, yep. it's funny, Different Jill and I issue. had this conversation in the car today. We're kind of like, you know, are we callous to this? Or are we just like, oh, affairs happen because it's happened to us. Yeah, are we but skeptical? Like, like, are we condoning it? Like, yeah. There's a lot of questions around it. The fact that we can even maybe talk about affairs without getting so, so emotionally triggered. angry and charged yeah. like we used to maybe like five years ago. Yeah. And I'm going like, man. Does it make me cynical that right. I'm like this stuff happens and it's normal? But I think one of the th- one of the reasons why it's so triggering with this particular person is because his message it feels off. It feels like, oh, you're this personal development guru, or you're like this person who just would you talk about authenticity or talk about integrity, and yet you're acting out of integrity. That's where it feels icky, and so that's why we're like, you know, this is a good conversation to have, and I think you know we. We kind of talked about this in an episode we did not release because it was bad. But we we were talking about the health coaches, for example, of I remember back in the day when I was coaching people on their health and fitness, and yet I was struggling with my own food issues. Yep. And it's like, is it in on? Is it inauthentic to be able to help somebody through food stuff when you're going through your own things? Is it out of integrity to talk about relationships when you're struggling in your own relationships? And so there is just this conversation of like, what's, what, when are you being, when are you being really true? And... I don't know. Like, when's and when are you being a fraud? Like, yeah. right, that's the thing is like, I are look you at, fraud? you know, I mean, again, I think more, the thing that happened with Lewis is more like context for us to sure. have this larger conversation. Cause I think there's a lot of people who are maybe, and so I think it's more triggering because it feels so inauthentic mm-hmm. to the message that this person puts out. Mm-hmm. And I think as, and you're this way too, as a personal brand, as a personality online and influence or whatever you want to call it. There is fear there. There's yeah. that's where imposter syndrome comes in. That's where fraud syndrome comes in. That's where we go, man. And I, you, you and I both work with clients who go, well, I can't coach someone on this because I haven't figured out my food stuff yet, and that's mm-hmm. very real. Mm-hmm. My solution to that is ownership. Mm-hmm. I think that if you say it first, you're not hiding anything. I think the shame and the imposter syndrome and the fraud and all of that kind of stuff, those feelings of anxiety around, you know, I feel like I'm not being authentic. I feel like there's something here that I'm hiding. The fastest way to bridge that gap is to fucking own it, to mm-hmm. say it first, to be the one to be like, hey, like I'm going to, like you and I always say, like we talk about relationships a lot on this podcast and you and I are both very fast to say, we're not fucking relationship experts. <laughs> yeah. Like we have experience and we talk about this a lot and we share our experience our experience and we get a lot of insight from you guys and we just literally share our thoughts, but like I would never assume to know what someone else should do. Yeah. And so I think that's where the rub comes in is about, can you own the fact that even if you aren't quote a perfect eater, which I don't know who that is, but if you're not a quote, a perfect eater, can you say, you know, I'm not perfect yet, but I have learned a good amount and I'm going to share with you what I've learned. I'm not fully there yet, but I've made some wins that I, and so one of the things that my mentor always said was you don't need to be perfect, but you just need to be one step ahead of the person you're helping, right? Like a sixth grader can help a fifth grader. And I always love that because it gives you permission just to bring up. And I I am of the mindset that all of us can teach at least something. I can always learn something from everyone. And so if you're feeling like out of your integrity, you're feeling like you're not being authentic, you're feeling you're hiding something even. To me, the solution is fucking say it first. Just say it. And it dissipates that anxiety of like, I'm about to be found out. Just be honest and then let the chips fall. And if people don't want to work with you as a result of 
you're still working through your food stuff, then so be it. There's always going to be someone who can learn from you and they'll see that and they'll, and they'll hire you. I just want to be like, mic drop. It's so good because it, and again, comes back to that Eminem movie and the Eminem, like at the end when he's doing his battle and he just basically calls out all the stuff the guy was going to use against him. And it was like, boom, you can't say anything now because I just told you everything. It's the truth. Owning it gives you all the power and it ultimately comes back. Then nobody can use that against you of like, well, she preaches one thing and yet does another. One of the best compliments I got this last weekend, I went, uh, one of my clients, she's a podcast listener, lives in Elko, Nevada and she does hair and we went out to dinner and she was just going, oh my God, I can't believe we're having this conversation. And I started talking about, she, she was telling me how the food obsession stuff helped her and how listening to my story and your story helped her with food. And I started telling her how I used to watch Nate, watch him eat to teach myself. And she goes, oh, I remember you saying this on the podcast. And one of the things she said was, I love that the stories I was repeating to her, it was, she'd heard them already because I said them on the podcast, but she was like, you're saying all the things in real life that that I heard from you. So like you, you feel like the same person. And that was a big compliment to me. Cause I remember when I was coming up in the fitness industry and looking at these like pros and thinking that they, like I'd read in the magazines what their diet was. And it was like six, you know, six egg whites in the morning and oatmeal and da da da. And then I go to a show and they're like binging on a cake. And I'm like, Oh my God, they don't really do that. And, or they're different. It was like this letdown. And it felt like the best compliment just to have somebody go, I listened to you and meeting you in person, you're the same person. Yep. And that's what I really think authenticity is, is like being the same person versus saying, yeah, I talk about that shit on the podcast, but you know, behind closed doors, this is what I actually do. Like, no. That's so gross. <laughs> so when people say like, you can feel it in your gut. I think that is it. Like for me, mm-hmm. that's it. Like you, you know, when shit is off, you know, yeah. when like you're trying to be someone else. And you're not. And like that, you get that visceral feeling. And, you know, we say a lot of stuff on this podcast that a lot of people might be turned off by, to be honest, right? Mm-hmm. Like like we cuss, we talk about taboo subjects. I just told you that a dude masturbated to me, a stranger in a car. <laughs> like there's stuff on here that like a lot of people would be like, uh, that shit is not for me. But you and I came into this going, hey, we want to be as raw and as real as possible. And yep. we're just going to fucking let the chips fall. And we're going to trust that there's going to be enough listeners that are going to appreciate the kind of weird sense of humor that we have or that you have. (laughs) And they're going to appreciate that. So I love the idea of, of calling yourself out and like, you know, in your body when the shit feels icky. Yeah. Like I think a lot of times we feel, especially on social media, I think this is changing, but I feel like on social media, there's a lot of pressure to, and like, look, especially something like Instagram, it's a visual platform. So I like looking at beautiful images. I'm not going to lie about that. So I, but I, at the same time, there's a balance, right. Of trying to like be someone you're not or portray an image that you're not, you know, we know people who in our space who will rent, like literally rent Chanel bags and Louis Vuitton shoes for a photo shoot to look as though they're living the lifestyle of someone who owns that stuff when they don't. Yep. Right. So they're using it to market themselves as someone who's like living this like laptop lifestyle when really they don't have any fucking money. So, and it's like, it's, it's marketing and I get it, but at the same time it, it feels off to me and it feels really disingenuous. And I think you can feel that in your body. I understand why people do it. I think one of the biggest reasons that people maybe try to be someone that they're not or they don't come clean about the things they're struggling with because they feel like it undermines their credibility. Yes. If I share that, like, I'm not fully there yet with, with nutrition and like, I'm not perfect with my eating. A client's gonna be like, well, why would I work with you? 
And in my experience, it is the relatability piece that makes you so much more attractive as a coach. Because remember, people aren't looking for perfect. They're looking for someone they can relate to. Yep. They're going, does Danny understand me? You hit the nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head. When I was coaching, I remember looking at, there was a 40-year-old, I don't even know if she's 40. She was in her 40s. She had gray hair. I don't know. I was 24 at the gym where I was training. So I remember like thinking people training with her and versus people training with me. And I was like, of course, judgment, a little fucking 24 year old. I was like, why would they train with her? She's like, she doesn't have it all together. But and people wouldn't train. And I like had the six pack. I mean, I looked the part. Right. But I realized that certain people wanted to train with this other woman because she was more relatable. They thought she gets me. She's older. She's had some issues with her body. She's gone through some shit versus this 24 year old who's never had kids. Who's never, you know, like whatever they made assumptions about me. People do want to, they want you to be relatable, not perfect. People do not want you to be perfect. In fact, because you want to connect. Yeah. When you are perfect, they either, they don't trust you. They feel like you don't understand them. And sure, there are some people who do want you know, they want to believe the lie, but they know it's not true. Like they're, I don't know. Like it's like relationships. People who've been together for like 40, 50 years. You like, you think they haven't been through shit. Oh, they've been through shit. They've been through shit. So it's, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where you're just like, just go. Yeah. We've been through some stuff. Yeah. We've been together 50 years, but guess what? We've been through a lot of crap. Like, how can you not, how can you not go through stuff? So I think it's just, it's, we're in this time of social media of, there's two places to go of either just mm-hmm. pretend everything's perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's starting to, I think people are sniffing out bullshit. Like I just think yeah. that people are, I, cause I love social media because to me it's one big like social psychology experiment. Remember MySpace? <laughs> we didn't know fucking how to use social no. media. Like no one knew how to do it. Uh, we were competing it was just at like the time. What you're doing. Like I, Danny is at the gym. That was like, Danny's doing back <laughs> crushing back and bicep. No, but it was like, <laughs> And you didn't know how to use it. I remember because we were competing. So mm-hmm. it was like you only posted photos. Like for me, I know you stayed in shape for like seven years. I was had binge. I was like rebounding like crazy. Like I would only post photos when I was in shape. Mm-hmm. I'd post photos like four weeks off my show being like getting in shape, like looking good. And then after my show, I would go underground, mm-hmm. dude. I remember mm-hmm. I had a, a cover that came out in 2007 that I shot in 2006 and so by the time the magazine came out, I had gained 20 pounds from the shoot and it came out and I felt so embarrassed because mm-hmm. I was like, here's this cover that just came out and I look nothing like this. Yep. Yep. I mean, to my, I mean, it looked similar, but I like to my, in my in eyes, head, I was like, yeah. this is the biggest fraud. Yeah. I'm the biggest fraud. Same. And it was like, you know, that's why I do love the idea of ownership because the, I think that ownership is attractive. Mm-hmm. I think when you see someone who just fucking owns their shit, no matter how like taboo or weird, or you're just like, damn, like you respect that. Even if you don't want to connect with that person, you're like, ah, they're not for me. Yep. You at least respect them. And I think we can all sniff out bullshit at this point. Totally. Do you follow uh, the bird's papaya? We follow her. On her. <laughs> yeah. It's, we, just, it's we, super weird. Yeah. She No, no. She's the, she's a girl that like just posts. She's like, oh, a, I oh, thought you're the one with the cartoons that you follow. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. uh, it's called <laughs> the bird's papaya. She's a woman who just posts like real shit. Like she just, uh, she'll put pictures of herself in a bathing suit and like her stretch marks and all of that stuff. And she just kind of talks like she just puts it all out there. And I remember thinking like back in the early days of competing, I would have never put that stuff online. Right. People just Same. wouldn't have put that out there. And yet when she talks about it, I'm like, damn girl, get it. Like that's, 
the real life. It's like real life stuff. And it's so relatable. More people can relate to her than somebody who's got a six pack and looks perfect. And I think that we just as a society just are so craving the real thing now because we grew up with the magazines that were airbrushed and we grew up with everything like you know people being 90 pounds and six foot one and like all of the stuff that just was unrealistic so now when people show cellulite and when they show stretch marks and when they show like things kind of being a mess it makes you go oh thank god because somebody else has like doesn't have their shit together do you remember when you first put out your uh that like you did a video about adrenal fatigue on youtube and it got a ton of views yep and that was still like when you were finishing out like your competition uh, and you were still showing up to some of the events mm-hmm. like the Arnold and to the Olympia and stuff. And you had some pros approach you and say, you know, your video was like exactly what I'm going through, but I can't talk about that because of who I am. Mm-hmm. Isn't that so crazy? It's like, so how do you help someone bridge that gap? How do you help them? Is it a courage thing? Is it a... Yeah. Uh, security thing is it a confidence thing like how do you if you're someone who's like oh my god but you don't understand Jill and Danny like you don't understand I could never show who I really am either to people in my life or on the internet or like I could never pull the curtain back because I would never be accepted there's a girl literally that messaged me this week who's got like 75,000 like more followers than me 75,000 followers and she found me um through the thread of somebody else she's a personal trainer gained like 30 pounds in a short amount of time. And she was like, Oh my God, I saw your videos and I'm struggling with this. Cause she helps people with weight loss. And I was reading through her posts and they were all like, you know, your body will respond. And I was like, Oh boy. And my advice to her, I, one thing I told her was like, you know, be compassionate with yourself and also know that this is going to be a good lesson for you. Like you will come out of it being a better trainer. I remember I was struggling so much because in my head, people followed me because I had a six pack and because I looked so fit and because I had all of this like perfection, suddenly I gained all this weight and I felt like such a loser and such a yep. fraud. Yep. And I had with helping people with weight loss yet I was gaining, I gained 30 pounds in two months yet. I'm a weight loss expert. I was like, great. Yeah. How am I a weight loss expert when I can't even like, valid I'm gaining point, weight. like valid concern. And so I like, I wanted to hide. I wanted to cry. But when I came out with that video, it was just one of these, like, I was so frustrated. I just turned on the computer and started talking and I got hundreds, literally hundreds of messages going, oh my God, me too, me too. And I realized that speaking up was um, so powerful, but it's super scary to admit that you're not perfect. But what I would say looking back and the bl- the blessings that came out of it is that it got me more in tune with myself. It gave me more compassion. It also made me a better trainer because I used to think my clients maybe weren't getting results because they weren't trying hard enough. Yep, I used same. to think my clients weren't getting results because they weren't following Compliant. the program. Yep. You know, all of these things when I realized that maybe there's hormonal issues, maybe there's stress things, maybe there's maybe there are legitimate reasons they're gaining weight that are not because of their diet because because I knew my diet was pretty perfect and I was gaining weight. So it had to be something else. So it actually taught me to look deeper and become a better trainer out of it. And yeah, it was a hard freaking lesson. But ultimately, I learned that people related to me more. It's so funny. We don't want to be relatable. I think like there's a a certain kind of self-righteousness that comes out of being like, I have more discipline than you and I can eat out of a Tupperware and I can be perfect. 
but fuck you. Right. You know, I had to check myself. Like, <laughs> but co- fuck you. Nobody cares. A couple cares. episodes ago, we did, this is a couple months ago, we did the episode on reflections on 2018. And someone messaged me and goes, I just finished listening to that episode on uh, your reflection on 2018. And it made me feel so good about myself because to know that you don't have your shit together either. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? What part of it? Like, at first I was like, like, I loved it. Obviously, it was a compliment. Mm-hmm. Like, it was meant to be like, oh, my God, like, we're the same. It's amazing. <laughs> like, it made her feel so good. But I had that, like, initial, like, trigger of, yeah. like... Wait, what did I say? Like, what part right, was it that like right. portrayed like, me as somehow human? What part makes human? you think that I don't have my shit together? I'm I like, have wait, my shit what together. Part of it? Like, I have my shit together. I mean, I don't, but I do. Like, you know. So it's like one of those things where I was like, you. It's. It was like when when I was I would gain weight after my show, and people would go, "You look so strong. <laughs> you look so healthy." Or Danny, Danny has a huge mouthful of wine and she's like almost about to spit it out because <laughs> it's so real. Like you guys, when you are like, when you have serious body dysmorphia and you can only appreciate your body if you are super lean and super fit and you gain 15 pounds and someone tells well, you do you, you look healthy, healthy. That's like an insult. That felt like an insult. Now I'm like, damn right I do. Oh, yeah. I'm strong as shit. Like my boyfriend posted a picture of the two of us on Instagram like a few weeks ago and a girl responded and she goes, looks like you have a sturdy girl there. And I was like, what does that mean? Yeah, (laughs) I was like, yeah, like objectively, like I'm fucking sturdy. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. but I had that knee jerk reaction to go like, okay, is that not good enough? Right. Right. Do I need to be, should I be, should I be daintier? Should I be leaner? Should I have less muscle? Like you get those triggers, but it's all, it's a compliment because yeah. people feel connected. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a compliment. I remember when people tell me I look healthy and that was like the worst. To me, it was a backhanded compliment. It was like, oh, you look healthy. So in my head, that means normal and normal is like not exceptional. Yep. Like it was just, it was like this dominoes of suddenly healthy looks terrible. And it was like this compliment and I get it now because now I right. can look at it and go, dang, I did not look healthy. Like I looked bet I looked yeah. actually healthy looked- when I gained some weight, but- to me, it felt like it wasn't, I wasn't striving and I wasn't like hitting the next level. And yep. ultimately, yeah, you don't want to be normal. You're like, funny, wait. Yeah, you don't want to be normal. And funny enough to like back to the authenticity thing was I felt though I wasn't being authentic because I was helping people try to actually get healthy, yet I was living a life that was so unhealthy. I wanted people mm-hmm. to be healthy. I wanted to help them like clean up their diet. And yet I was so unhealthy. It was like su- such a uh, like mismatch. It just didn't quite fit. And I think that's why maybe the universe made me gain all that weight and like have all this shit happen to be like, look, bitch, you aren't actually talking. You're like, you're saying things in theory, but you're not living them. And sometimes I think we get that little slap in the face of like, yo, you, you're saying one thing and you're, you're doing another. Maybe you need to reevaluate your life. Yeah. And I think you do get these at least for me, it's a physical feeling, which is hard to describe, but it is a physical feeling. Like it's, it's almost the same to me as telling a lie. Do you feel it in your body? Yeah. Sometimes I'll put it in my body. But like, so for example, you know that I have a serious relationship with honesty. Like to me, I have like a relationship with honesty that like, if I even tell a white lie or a lie of omission, I get this like feeling in my chest of like, I hate that. Like actually, yeah. like I've literally like called up people after and be like, you know, I, I know I said this, but what actually happened was this. Like, and they'd be like, 
either one's fine. Like they don't care. I'm <laughs> right. the one who cares. Right. And it's that same feeling in my gut of like, I'm portraying someone that I'm not. And this mm-hmm. feels gross. And I think you have to be close enough to authenticity to feel that. I think if you're like a, like a pathological liar and you've convinced yourself and that's, I think where, you know, some, some people might be at where they've convinced themselves of one thing so much so that they don't get that visceral feeling of lying or the inauthenticity doesn't register for them. Cause they're just like, Oh, it's all made up. It's all marketing. It's all a gimmick for business. It's all, you know, the end justifies the means. And I don't know. I think at this point, authenticity is pretty fucking important. Yeah. You can lie to yourself enough that you believe your own bullshit. I will say that. So what would you tell someone if they were like, cool, you know, I'm maybe in this influencer space or I want to be, but I don't feel like I have my shit together. And I'm worried that talking about that makes me not credible but I know that I need to make that leap and I know that the vulnerability piece will make me more attractive and people will connect more strongly with me, but I just don't know how to rip the bandaid off. I know for you, it said, it sounds like you just came home and you were like, so just disgruntled that you were like, fuck it. Let me just turn the camera on, talk about adrenal fatigue. But like for someone else, like how do you start talking about your imperfections? I think ultimately you have to detach from the outcomes. So I, I remember the moment when I put the, when I put that camera on, I was like, I know I'm making a decision right now. So back in the day, it was like the, the NPC was the big organization Mm -hmm. and it was a little bit mafia esque. And so I remember thinking, if I say this, this might mean I will never get a black card. I will never be able to step on stage again. Like I am basically drawing a line in the sand and fucking myself over And I had to do it. And so I don't think it always needs to get to that point, but you can go, you know what? It becomes a place where you have to make a decision where speaking your truth feels like it's going to be so hard to not that you, it was almost like if I can't, if I don't speak my truth, I'm, I'm like, I'm like killing myself. And so I just had to do it, even though I knew it could have been career suicide, which makes me laugh because it's like they couldn't make or break my career, but I literally thought they could. I literally thought I was committing career suicide by putting that camera on me. And I think a big thing is checking your ego and going, is this about me? Is this about my ego or is it about a service? And ultimately it ended up being a service to other people and it wasn't about me. It was a bigger, it was a bigger issue. Sure. It was about me and my experience, but the reason I flipped on the camera was because I was getting private emails of people reaching out to me that were kind of like hush hush. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. How is it? I have four different women message me and I'm going through the same thing and I'm not talking about it. I'm just as guilty. And so I just was like, okay, this might blackmail me from the NPC. This might mean I never get a pro card. This might mean I never get on the cover of a magazine, but somebody has to say something. And so I think that the things that we're most afraid of, you have to just go, okay, if that's what's the worst, if I'm going to be blackballed, if I'm going to like, if all these negative things are going to happen yet, I help one person. What's, you know, what's that worth to me? And I think it just goes like, look at yourself, like check yourself. Is this all about ego? Is this about service? Um, is it really going to make a big difference? Like, can one person really change your whole career path? Um, because sometimes you feel like there's too much at risk. Like, look mm-hmm. at Lewis, you know, like he might just decide that it's easier to just manage the like small group of people who know the truth than it is to like fully own mm-hmm. the like the infidelity and go like, 
cool because this is a completely different direction you have to take your business in. So there mm-hmm. are consequences. And I think the consequences in the end are 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 there they might be some negative consequences but the positive consequences outweigh the negative because yeah. you have ease yeah. right like I always say that being authentic is the number one compliance tool you have in your business right if you get to show up like honestly you and I just turn this fucking microphone on and we don't like script it out we don't worry about what we're gonna say we don't like stress about like oh let's make sure this sounds good I mean sometimes it doesn't sound that great but you know, I think it's easier and it's not hard. I don't have to get myself psyched up to do a podcast. I don't have to get myself psyched up to write a post because it's just stream of consciousness. It's just going, okay, cool. Let's just, so if you feel like you're having a hard time posting, if you feel like you're second guessing yourself all the time, if you feel like you are having a hard time communicating something because you are worrying about how it's going to be perceived, you're going to have to get to the point where you rip the bandaid off and you start just speaking your truth. And I think when you start to do that, you see that, sure, maybe there's a few people that are not going to get it. It's a discernment tool. It's definitely a filtering system. Mm -hmm. But when you are in your integrity and you're being as authentic as you possibly can, it is so fucking easy to show up to the things. It's so easy to show up to write a post on social media, to show up to your business, to show up to your relationships. You do not have to hide everything. And you know, one of the things that I love that Jade said, and this was years ago, this is before even I think we went through our stuff. He said, how can we expect for someone to love us for who we are if we don't show them who we are? You know, what's funny is the gal who wrote in, we did a whole episode on her email. She was the one who had an affair and her marriage ended. She actually messaged me the other day and she said, hey, I'm dating somebody new. Do I need to tell them that I had an affair? And I was like, you don't have to tell them. But if this is the person that you want to be with and you think you're going to be in your next long-term relationship or be your next husband, then I think you should because I think it will be powerful for you to just own it and also to know that he loves you despite the fact that you made this mistake. Yep. And then you are you can always feel good that he loves me even though he knows this is what I did. He loves me even though. And I think I said, if he's not the guy, then sure, don't tell him. Who cares? Like, whatever, you guys might just hook up for a couple of weeks and it's done. You don't have to, but think about it in the future. Like you want to start just being able to own your mistakes and own the things you did in the past because that will give you so much power to say you did it. And it will also give you so much confidence in your relationship knowing that somebody can go, cool, I know you did that and I love you anyway. And so I think there's a lot of power in just saying, I've made these mistakes. I've been this kind of person. I've had, you know, I've done negative things. I've done shitty things. And yet here I am, love me or not, because then you know the people who are for you are for you all the way, not just for who they think you are. And it makes you more confident about your own self. There's something about like a nothing to lose attitude too that is really nice. And the best time to be honest in your relationships, you guys, is at the beginning Mm -hmm. because you're not all that emotionally invested yet, right? Like you're not to the point where you feel, oh my God, like I love this person so much. And if I show them who I really am, then they're going to leave me. It's like the beginning, like be as honest as you possibly can about who you are and show them who you are. And it's counterintuitive, right? Because the beginning, we're trying Mm -hmm. to make a good impression. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's one of the things, one of the issues I have with the book, like um, about, how to um, influence people. What's the book? It's like how to win friends and influence people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all very like tactical. It's like, how can I get this person on my team? And yes, there's a certain degree of like charisma that you want to have and things like that, but it still needs to fucking be you. Like yep. It still needs to be you at the end of the day. You can't try to contrive 
a perfect personality to win over someone else because at some point you're going to have to try and keep that up and that is not it's going to be hard to do so it's like the beginning of the relationship is the best time for you to be like hey like this is who I am this is what I've been through like is that okay with you because you're not emotionally invested yet yep you know and so then as you move into that more emotionally invested place I remember even just when I first started dating the guy I'm with is I never really saw it like as like someone I I never kind of like really saw it like this is going to be someone I'm dating yeah. I was like oh he's a great guy like nice guy but I never had a lot of like I wasn't like pinning my hopes and dreams on it and I remember I just would show up like the first couple times we hung out we went and did workouts together and like I just wore like a ball cap and like didn't put makeup on and like fucking was sweaty as shit like and I remember just being like oh well he's not really like anyone I care about so I'm just gonna let, like I mean I care about him as a friend, friend yeah. but I never was like whereas on dates where I felt like there was like a big like risk like I have to have the hair and the makeup and the outfit and like I just felt very like you remember I dated someone a couple of years ago that I was always constantly feeling like I had to like create this perfect persona for yep but with this guy, I was like, oh, I didn't really think it was that. there was like kind of nothing to lose. So I think if you can have the attitude of, you know, maybe they can see me at my worst earlier or my what I consider to be my worst earlier. Dude, it's true. It's so much easier. It's so true. I hid my daughter for so many years. Um, I met one of my best friends. God, so I gave up corny for adoption when I was 16. And I met one of my best friends when I was 17. Um, I started coaching gymnastics. And I li- I mean, I lived with her for months and there were so many times where I wanted to bring it up, but then I was scared because I was like, what is she going to think about me? And I wanted to bring it up and I was scared. What is she going to think about me? And then it just got to like, we're, we're friends for nine, 10 years. And she still, we were friends for nine or 10 years and we were like best friends. And yet I still hadn't shared this piece about me because I felt like I should have done it earlier. And now I didn't. And so now right. it's, now it's awkward to bring it up. Yeah. So now it's too late. And then it was like, now it's been five years. Why didn't you tell me when we first met? So then it just got deeper and deeper and deeper. And I was so embarrassed and so ashamed about it until she finally found out through a podcast when it finally came out that I like met, like now it's like 18 years later, but I, and she was more hurt that I didn't tell her at the beginning, but I was so scared of what would happen. Sure. And ultimately I think coming out with it early, like kind of like, Hey, this is what I did. And this is who I am like it or don't and go instead of going, I like created in my head, I created this persona and who I thought she liked me for. And she would have loved me anyway, but I just was so fearful of what's going to happen if I show her my true self. And unfortunately I think a lot of us have a lot of fear of if we show people our true selves, we're not going to, they're not going to like us. And ultimately I think we want, we, we want people to know, um, this happened the other day. Coco Vinny, he came to the brunch with best brunch with my besties. He like uh, gave out some coconuts and stuff. He's got a company where he does like these coconuts. Coconut drinks. Coconut drinks. <laughs> like literally you drink out of a coconut. And Shout I was out. joking the other day. He messaged me on Instagram and um, I said something about, so Jill knows I like gummy worms and like they have the bins at the grocery store where you like, you write down the number, like you put it in a bag and you write down the number and they weigh it, right? So I said, hey, I may have actually, I, I don't know that day. I said, I might have actually eaten a gummy worm that I didn't pay for. Like I reached into the bin, ate it, you know, walked away. And he goes, you know what I used to do? I used to get like cashews and then I would write, um, I would find the cheapest thing, like the trail mix and write that number and only pay for like that amount, right? Because it's like eight ninety nine yeah. for cashews and it's like two ninety nine for trail mix. And I was like, oh my God. When I was competing, I used to go to the self-checkout and I would get asparagus, but I would type in the number for bananas. 
All these confessions. <laughs> Literally, it was like the grocery store confessions. And it somehow made me feel so much closer to him and also made me laugh at myself like, we do stupid shit that's embarrassing. We don't want to tell anybody, but we're all doing it. And like, if we come clean, we're like, oh, we're actually just all people doing a bunch of stupid well, shit. Well, because what is the, what's the, <laughs> the line? It's like the most specific story is also the most universal. I remember writing blogs at JillFit that were so like specific around like food obsession, yeah. like buying cookies and eating them nonstop all the way home and driving by a dumpster and like throwing them out and like just these like super embarrassing, hiding a Three Musketeers bar in my bathroom cabinet so my roommate wouldn't see it and like eating it when she wasn't home and like all these super embarrassing things. And people are like, I did the same thing, but it was a Butterfinger. Like, I, I mean, and it's just like so funny. So I think sometimes, and I remember writing some of these posts and being like, there's no way anyone's going to relate to this. This is such a specific story and instance. And people are like, that was me. And so if there's one thing that we learned from this podcast, it's that like you guys appreciate the realness and it makes our job a lot easier because literally we just turn this thing on and talk about the real stuff and, and don't hide anything. So when you meet us in person and we meet you, we hope that you are the same person that you are online and, yep. that we, and we can guarantee that we, be, we are too. So there's a lot to unpack here. I think that when it comes to ripping the Band-Aid off, I can tell you from our personal experience that once you do it, you guys, it is so fucking easy mm -hmm. to be compliant in whatever it is that you want to do. Like your relationships, it's like that ease of, uh, they know who I am. Like I've already, I've already shared my stuff with them. It's already like all on the table. It's a service. And I know that if, you know, if I show someone who I am and they still love me anyway, and I think that's what's scary about it, but you wouldn't want to have to keep up a facade. Yeah. And you can feel what that feels like. We know what inauthenticity feels like. Yeah. And I personally don't respect it. Yeah. You know, it's getting harder and harder to respect someone who is not in their integrity. More than anything, I feel bad for somebody who's not because I feel like they must still have a lot of fear. Insecurities, that yeah. It, it like, you know, I just, I think about people in our space who maybe f I can see they're putting on a facade, like you and I know them in person and then we see them online and we're like, eh, that's not it really what their weird, life yeah. is. And more than anything now, I just feel sorry for them because I can see that there's a lot of power in actually sharing the truth. And so ultimately maybe you lose a few followers or a few clients or a few customers at the beginning, but ultimately you have so much freedom and you will, I think your business will grow and your uh, loyalty and people will grow that it's worth the few people that you may lose at the beginning for like the bullshit that you put on. Love it. It's so worth it. It's definitely it worth really it. It really is. Definitely well, we'd love it. to hear from you guys. Um, if you are struggling with this, I think I know that for us, this was a huge struggle, especially around whether you're a coach, whether it's around food issues, whether it's around business stuff, whether it's just something that you're maybe hiding from your partner, your spouse, your new romantic interest, your friends even. Um, you know, I think it is common. And I also think that hopefully like we can support you and give you just maybe some gleans from our own experience that once you really rip that bandaid off, like things feel so much easier. And by the way, like it does, like, there's always next level to go do of authenticity, right? I mean, like, you know, sometimes Danny and I will have something that happens with us and we won't share it with each other even for like six months later. Yeah. And I'm like, bitch, why didn't you share that with me when it happened? And you're like, well, I was just like, you were still trying to figure out. And mm -hmm. I was still trying to figure out if like I had embarrassment and shame around it mm -hmm. too. Right. But then once you share it, 
you go, why didn't I share this earlier? Yeah. Like, what's the big fucking deal? And so I think, anyway, if you guys are struggling with this, love to have this conversation. Make sure that you continue to uh, have it with us in our closed Facebook group community where we talk about the episodes after the fact. It is thebestlifepodcast.com. Takes you right to that closed Facebook group. Make sure you add yourself and join in the conversation. Introduce yourself. Uh, tell us where you're from. We love getting to know you and want to know kind of what's what's maybe you're struggling with, where are some of your wins at, and things like that. So I love this conversation. I could literally talk on this. For, there's so many examples of this. So many. Uh, we might have to do a part two on this. But if you guys like this content, let us know. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Leave us a rating if you enjoy these podcasts and you want other people to enjoy them too. Yes, leave us a review. We haven't gotten any in a while. We had a good bunch at the beginning. And also, uh, let us know how you like our new Instagram stories because we're just – being ridiculous over there yeah so. we're so dan and i always send each other <laughs> memes so we're like you know what fuck it let's put them up on the podcast so go to the best life podcast on instagram you know it's not all just just stuff of us like we're it's kind of just our personalities we're just have fun with it and you can follow us personally but on the best life podcast on instagram it's just it's just us being silly we have fun over there yep. so Sounds we'll, s- all we'll right, see we'll you see on the interwebs we'll time. see you in the facebook group bye guys bye